everybody. This is Eshel from Liberty Diner Dish, and I am joined by Aaron today from uh, It's a Fandom Thing podcast. And we are doing our Ryan Kenny 2.0. I'm very excited about this episode. We got some very positive feedback from the one that we did for season one, Brian. And, you know, ultimately, there's a lot that goes on with all the characters, but um, just in getting to know Erin more and kind of the connection that we have, I know Brian is one of her favorite characters, like, of all time, (laughs) like, not just in this show. And so that's why I'd love to talk about him with her. So, Erin, thank you for joining me again. We still have at least three more of these to do. So, (laughs) yay. Thank you so much for having me again. (laughs) I'm very, very excited to talk about Brian. I'm always excited to talk about Brian. Thank you. Yeah. And (laughs) season two is a big season for all of the characters and definitely for Brian. I mean, from the very start to where we leave him at the end of season two, Mm -hmm. there's a whole lot going on for him in this season. Yes. Yes, Our, I know. I was like refreshing my memory and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I yeah. forgot about half this stuff. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, I told Aaron as I was doing the outline, I felt like I was writing a whole series because <laughs> there's just so much. So, uh, yeah. so we'll go ahead and jump into it. Uh, so to start, let's talk about, and a lot of this, I like to draw out your opinions. I mean, our poor listeners mm-hmm. have to listen to mine all the time. So I will try to keep mine <laughs> to a minimum, but they all know me by now. I can't keep my word. <laughs> um, well, but I really want to hear from, uh, you know, just hear your opinions and your thoughts. I love the way you think about this character in this show. Um, so Thank you. to get started, tell us how do we find or where do we find Brian at the start in 201? What Brian do we find? We find a Brian who, in my opinion, is a broken, shattered Brian who is doing what Brian does best, which is covering up all of his grief, his guilt. He has guilt over Justin's bashing, feeling it's his fault, dealing with that um, with his usual like, oh, no, I'm a narcissist and I don't have any feelings and I'm just going to go to the back room at Babylon and just do as many guys as I want to and have as many guys do me. And that's all I'm about. And I don't really care while mean in the meantime, as you see, he's visiting Justin every night in the hospital when Justin doesn't know he's there making sure he's okay. I mean, he's having these conversations with a nurse there. And then you also discover that he has been wearing the scarf from the prom episode And it still has Justin's blood all over it. And he's just been wearing it like underneath his clothes this whole time. And so that to me, the scarf, I think more than anything else, paints a clear picture that Brian is just dealing with so much grief and so much guilt. Because in his mind, if he had never shown up to the prom, Justin would have never been bashed. So I think that's who we meet is someone who's broken. I I think it's just a broken Brian. Uh, I don't know how, but I totally forgot about the scarf in season two. Oh, really? (laughs) Thank you for starting me (laughs) off with that (laughs) here. Of all things. Uh, But yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. He is very broken. I want to say in some ways kind of lost. All of these feelings are new to him. And so... He does have that that grief and that guilt and probably a little bit of shame and juggling those mm-hmm. things. Um, it's probably some of it might be similar to what it felt like growing up in the Kenny household, you know, having some embarrassment and some shame there, you know, but 
this is in a totally different way. And so, yeah, I, I feel like he's a little bit lost also. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I agree completely with that, with the lost thing. And, and you know, as the season progresses and he his mom ends up finding out that he's gay as well, it's almost like he's, I think Brian throughout the series is dealing with his childhood and how his childhood, of course, shaped who he was, which isn't an excuse for any of the crappy things he does. It's just what shaped him. I mean, he had a horrible father, a horrible mother. I don't think his sister is very good either. He had, you know, a horrible nephew, all this stuff. So nobody in his blood family really seems to give a crap about him. And so I think he just kind of internalized that. And even though he's had Michael and he's had Debbie and he's had, I mean, Emmett and Ted to an extent, but not to the same extent. He still doesn't believe any of that. And especially romantically, he's never had that. And so Justin represented that. And Justin was the first person that really got underneath those walls and really dug his way in. And, um, you know, while some people may say he was kind of a pest about it, and <laughs> leave him alone. But still, he was the only one that actually broke through. And I think for Brian, I think there's another level to it where he's like, okay, I let someone in and this is my punishment is they get hurt because they're getting close to me. That's why I always say that Brian is not really a narcissist. He's just pretending to be a narcissist. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I'm like, not a narcissist, not at all. I, for whatever reason, was reading a book on narcissists um, like (laughs) a month ago and and I thought about that and I was like, no, this mm-hmm. isn't Brian at all. Uh, yeah. He adopts some of these traits just to, as a cover, but this is not, yeah. yeah, not him at all. So you brought this up about him, him watching over Justin at the hospital and Justin doesn't know that. And really mm-hmm. to his knowledge, no one knows that. Uh, but, but Jennifer, <laughs> it's revealed Jennifer does. She finds out about it. Um, and so there's kind of this interesting thing in their relationship uh, where at one point it seemed like she was kind of just like, well, I guess this is just the phase Justin's going through. And so she was kind of maybe not necessarily ex- fully accepting Brian, but accepting the situation for the time being. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, when when he goes to when he's at, I guess, at Jennifer's home and he's there you know, with Justin and she sends Justin inside and they have that conversation And she's like, thank you, but kind of move on sort of thing. And he says, Mm -hmm. I care about him. Like, what do you, what do you think prompted him to say that? Or what was he trying to convey by saying that to her? Um, I think, you know, Brian's relationship with Jennifer is an interesting one that I'm excited that we're going to keep exploring him because I think their relationship through different seasons changes a lot. And especially the last season will be really interesting when we get there. But anyway, I think, you know, it's hard because I understand why Jennifer would want him to not be around her son. I mean, first of all, there is a huge age difference. And as much as I love Brian and Justin together, you do kind of have to acknowledge that, that 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 can be seen as a problem and an issue. And especially if your young son who's just been bashed is still kind of clinging on to this older man that in your mind, you know, she blames him too. Um, But there is also, I think, an underlying thing in there where she still hasn't quite completely accepted his sexuality and Brian represents his sexuality. So at the same time, she's kind of like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to push you away. 
Um, but I think for Brian, his response to that, I think he has a lot of respect for Jennifer. I think just like I think he has respect for Deb, but respect for Jennifer in a different sort of way where he's a little bit kinder to her and softer to her with her. And he already knows at this point that she knows that he was at the hospital. And I think the reason he tells her that is for his own self gratification to be like, yeah, I'm not like this horrible person. I actually do care about him uh, as kind of a defense mechanism. But I think it's also a way for him to say to her, look, I know that you think his lifestyle and him being with me has led to this. I know that maybe you're not accepting your son fully, but know that it wasn't just about hooking up with him. It wasn't just about sex for me that I actually do care about him. I care about what actually happens to him. I visited him because I care about that. I have feelings. I'm not just a predator because I think there's a part of her that thinks of him that way. So I I think it's complicated because I don't think he would ever say to her, I love him. (laughs) You know, he would never say that, but I think he just, he wants to put her mind at ease a little bit, but he also did it as a defense thing of like, you know, I'm not just playing around. I wouldn't be here tossing a ball with somebody. I'm Brian Kinney. That's not something I would normally do, but I am with your son because I care. So, yeah, I think one of the things that I love the most about that is like, we don't see him defend himself very often, like not even to the friends when they start bad mouthing, like, oh, that's just Brian. Oh, he doesn't care. Oh, he's this or who's that. We rarely see him defend himself. And so I really like that that he he did that, you know, and it was kind of mm-hmm. a, a knee jerk thing. Like it was kind of spur of the moment that he said it. Yeah. Um, okay. So something else is kind of going on at, uh, toward the front of this season is, um, so at the end of season two, one, Michael leaves with Dr. David Cameron and goes to Portland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, he comes back, you know, that um, did not work out. What do you think of Brian's thoughts about that? <laughs> I think Brian is biting his tongue, although he kind of does say told you so. But I think, well, I think when he, when Michael first comes back, Brian is saving him the humiliation and embarrassment, because I think Brian knows immediately that things didn't work out because he knows Michael very well, but he is kind of being like, okay, I'm going to save you that embarrassment. I'm not going to call you on it yet. I'm going to let you admit that things aren't working out. Uh, But I think in Brian's mind, he's just like, well, of course they're not working out. I don't think Brian was shocked by that at all. Um, I do think there is a part of Brian that wants Michael to have that though. And wants Michael to break free from him, even though he does some very destructive stuff and hurts Michael. Sometimes I think he still would like him to be able to break free from him. So I think he kind of struggles with that a lot. And even though I think he was glad that Michael was backed out deep down, I mean, he wasn't at that point to admit that because he's still grieving and dealing with all this other stuff. I think he still was kind of like, you know, sad for him in a way. Um, but also, you know, there's that part of him that uh, <laughs> pessimistic side that's like, well, of course, it's not going to work out. <laughs> Plus, David is just, you know, <laughs> is David. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I 100% agree. I think he, I think he's proud of Michael in a way because Michael made a decision 
mm-hmm. kind of for himself to go um, to go try this thing with Davis. I think he's maybe a little bit proud of him for that. But I think, yeah, just like you said, he knew that was just a, you know, <laughs> yeah, just a matter of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not just for that relationship, but I think even for Michael, I don't know that Michael was at a place to just be away from what he's always known that people has always been around. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was quite, quite there yet. Yeah. Not to do that with any permanence, yeah. I would say. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so to a point that you made earlier, let's talk a little bit about codependency because that's definitely a factor in that friendship. So on a scale mm-hmm. of toxic <laughs> AF to healthy AF, <laughs> where would you say Brian and Michael are in season two, as opposed to season one? You know, I think there are times when it's not toxic AF, but I think especially once rage comes into it, when the start of rage, you really see that it's still toxic AF, for sure. Um, I I really don't, I I really, I really don't think throughout the series, I will say, I, I can't think of when it really moves from not being toxic. Honestly, I think their relationship is always extremely toxic. Yeah. It just morphs from being toxic in one way to. Yeah. (laughs) It's like either it's sometimes it's at a level 10, sometimes it's at a level five (laughs) and it just fluctuates all the time. That's why I never understood why people wanted them to get together because it just was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. So one of our, one of our listeners sent in a comment and she said that she, I want to say she found the show. It was less than 10, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And she said, she, you know, she's looking online, trying to find just people to talk to or things to read about it. And she happened upon a bunch of like Brian Michael shipping websites and stories and all this stuff. And she was just like, where did this come from? <laughs> but apparently that's a sizable community. So which more power to you. But yeah, I, I never saw where it, where it came from. Well, I know, uh, you know, my friend who I watched this show with and we would watch it, you know, kind of live sometimes. And then, I mean, starting season three, we watched it live. But before that, we watched it on videotapes, totally dating myself there. Uh, But she actually in season two, the scene where and I and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here. You can stop me if you don't want me to start talking about that. But the scene in the comic book store where they kiss and where it looks like there might be when I watched that with her, she was like so disappointed that it didn't happen because Mm -hmm. she had wanted them to just hook up. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily that she wanted them to get together. She just wanted them to have sex. And I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know that trope, you know, everybody loves a good friends to lovers trope, but Mm -hmm. Um, I do yeah, I do too. Like, give it to me. I will read it. But uh, but only when it makes sense for the characters there, not just because they're friends and, you know, I think they should get yeah. together. But I another thing is, I think some people agree with your friend and they're like, they just just one time wanted Michael to, <laughs> to get what he wanted, you know, just one time. Yeah, so, but no, that would have been awful. Yeah, I would say they're, <laughs> they're still pretty high up on the on the scale of it. <laughs> you know maybe not because brian's got other things going on this season which we're gonna of course jump into because he's got other things going on they're not like at a 10 but uh but they're still yeah they're still not not great yeah (laughs) we just watched uh 301 so i'm coming off those feelings oh my (laughs) gosh yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. yep we will move right on past that for now (laughs) 
We'll talk about that the next one because I have my own feelings on oh, that yeah. too. I'm sure they're the same as yours. Though, so. <laughs> yeah, I would be very shocked if they were not the same. Uh, so we'll talk about something a little bit healthier. And that is uh, Brian's role in Justin's recovery and him uh, helping him recover. Um, just kind of talk a little bit about, about that. So that's when Justin um, leaves the hospital and uh, mm-hmm. was initially at Jennifer's home. Well, I don't think Justin would have gotten as far as he did without Brian there. Honestly, I think having someone help you with your recovery that was there that night. And especially because Justin, you know, when we first see Justin, he can't remember anything. Um, He doesn't even remember dancing with and everybody loves that scene when they dance. And he doesn't even remember dancing with Brian. And, you know, it's sad and heartbreaking that he can't remember that. And it's, and even though, you know, you'd be tempted to say you don't want to remember the bashing, it's still sad because if he can't remember it, how is he ever going to heal past that trauma? And Brian wants to forget it, but which is understandable too. So I think even from the very, from the first episode, when Justin leaves his mom's house and goes down to Liberty Avenue, And then he goes into the bar and Brian sees him for the first time. And then he takes him back to his loft, which I love that that happened because I was really worried Brian, because Brian's trying to push everybody away and trying to put on this brave face. I was really worried Brian was going to be like, I don't want to have anything to do with you Mm -hmm. and be really mean to him. And so I appreciated that he didn't do that, that he took him back there and their scene when they first are talking about it. And I know you're asking about him helping with his recovery, but I think also Justin helped Brian. Oh, for sure. Because Justin knew right away. And I think other people did too, but Justin knew right away that Brian was completely blaming himself. And he just goes up that first time and says, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And I think Justin saying that and doing that broke that wall down a little bit where Brian was like, okay, I can help Justin. Okay. I can have Justin back in my life. I think there was something about that hearing it from the person that you feel guilt about and knowing that it's genuine and feeling that just in the touch and the hug and all that stuff. Um, And so I think then from then on, Brian wanted to be part of his recovery. And even though Jennifer for a while didn't want that, and then she realized well, maybe this is the only person that can help him. Um, and when she, you know, basically gave her son to Brian, I mean, in a way, that's really what she did. Uh, I loved watching how gentle and caring he was with Justin. He would push him a little bit, but not too far. And especially when it came to them being intimate with each other, mm-hmm. like he was never, he never acted like, uh, put off by that, that Justin didn't want to be intimate. Uh, he gave him time and space. And even though you would see some frustration, like when they were in the parking lot and Justin still couldn't remember. And Brian's like, ah, Christ, why can't you just, you know, and he's frustrated, Mm -hmm. but he still has so much care for Justin and little scenes like when, you know, Justin's finally walking on his own to Brian and Brian has his arms out and little things like that. Or when he finally sees that Justin's remembering when they're at Gus's birthday party and the baseball bat thing and him taking care of him. And, you know, when they finally are able to be intimate, you know, Justin being like, 
you know, just go slow and Brian, like the first time. And it's very sweet and romantic and caring and loving. And I think because Brian showed so much care with Justin and so much love with Justin and never was like put out by Justin with the, during his recovery period. I think that's why Justin got so far. And there are other things too, with the fact that he couldn't draw later on, but I mean, just in the initial part of it, I think he was really essential to that. I don't think Justin would have gotten to where he did without Brian. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the person who I, I 100% agree with that. I think that he, he needed that motivation and he needed, he kind of felt like, you know, well, my life's over, you know, <laughs> the things that he had planned to do is like, I might not be able to do those things. And so having Brian still choose him, still care for him, still love him. I think that was very important and very motivating for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but also he's a person who's kind of driven to a goal. And, and so in a way he sets Brian as, this might sound bad, but I think, you know what I'm saying? He sets Brian yeah. as a goal almost. And so, mm-hmm. you know, working up to being able to, to be back with him, to be, you know, just back on a even footing with him in a way. Yeah. To feel that care, to feel that love. I think, especially with the intimate part and not just because of, you know, the gratification, the physical gratification from that. I think it's also this thing of like, you know, he had this amazing, beautiful moment at the prom that was just like the most romantic moment of his young life ever. And I think honestly, the most romantic moment of Brian's life. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I think to have that tarnished, I think in Justin's mind, he's like, am I ever going to have anything beautiful again? Or is everything in my life going to end in pain? Is, Is that what love like this is? Is that feeling these are? I mean, I'm sure he's going through that. And so I think it was important to show a gradual lead up to him having sex with Brian, because I think if they had had sex right away, it wouldn't have been realistic because, you know, he's fragile and that's a very intimate thing and he wasn't ready for that. So I'm glad that it slowly built up to that. So then when it did happen, not only could Justin let go, but Brian could let go. Brian let go of the scarf. That was the last time he saw the scarf. Um, And Justin let go of his fear of being intimate with someone again. And so it was this beautiful moment of recovery for both of them. And while Justin still had other things to deal with, of course, and throughout the rest of the series, I mean, it still comes up, which I'm glad it did. Um, But yeah, I think that was just a beautiful moment of showing them both recovering together. Yeah. And I like that you mentioned how Justin helps with his recovery because that that's super, that's super important. I think that's something that m- just might be a theme that continues for the whole series, but <laughs> it might be, it might yeah. not be, but uh, <laughs> maybe, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so okay, now they're they're together, they're in the loft. Um, Justin is recovering, so is Brian. Um, and we get to episode two hundred six with uh, the zucchini guy, and we also get. <laughs> And we also get their rules in this um, episode. And this episode is packed with a lot. This is the conversation with that he has with Debbie at the bar. Love that conversation. That's one of my favorite scenes yeah. in the whole show. Yeah. yeah. So let's just look at, at 206 and uh, just kind of talk talk through that. You just kind of well, start th- wherever you want with that. <laughs> I'll start with the Zucchini man, honestly, because that's kind of what kicks off everything. I think, you know, Brian is so afraid of aging. Brian is so afraid of 
not being the hottest trick in town and because that's his, what his whole identity is wrapped up in. So he's letting Justin in and Justin is like a romantic at heart and he loves this and, you know, he wants to shop and cook and this is his ideal thing. And I think for Brian, that zucchini thing was like, oh, well, people are talking about how I'm not the hottest trick in town anymore. Uh, I can't have this. So I'm just going to immediately do this. I know this will hurt Justin, but I don't care because I don't care. I'm Brian Kinney. And I think it was also a moment of, you know, that whole, I, I think it was kind of cruel. It was cruel, but I think it was very typical, Brian. Uh, they had never really set aside that they were monogamous. I think, you know, Brian has always been upfront about that. That's one thing I do appreciate is Brian is not really, I don't consider a Brian a cheater right? because he's always been upfront. He's not going to be monogamous. It's just not who he is. But he cares deeply for Justin, and you really see how much he cares for him, even more than in season one. It just keeps growing. And Justin, at that point, I think, did think maybe this is it, and Brian's not going to want to sleep with anyone else, and I'm going to be all for him. And so it's just like this like slap in the face to him, especially to have someone else with him, to have Daphne there with him and also see it, I think, hurt even more than him just seeing it by himself, honestly. Um, but anyway, but I think when he sits down with Debbie after Justin decides to leave and Debbie and Brian scenes are always usually some of my favorites because Debbie can call him out better than anybody. Uh, um, I think sometimes almost better than Justin on his BS and the whole scene there with just telling him, you know, I, I know you love him and he's gotten in there. And Brian doesn't even have to say a word. And when he just kind of the way, once again, Gail Harold is such an incredible actor. He is such an incredible actor. He does so much with this character. Oh, I was yeah. just talking to somebody. The other, I was actually talking to Carla, who, you know, Carla, uh-huh. she's from my podcast. And yeah. she was saying, you know, she she's not a Brian fan. But <laughs> she was saying that even though she's not a fan, she loves this performance so much and does not understand why he never was nominated for an Emmy for this. I know. I, mean, it's like I think the biggest we all injustice. know why. Oh, yeah. We do know why, know unfortunately. Why. But yeah. still, it is. It's very sad because he has this moment there. He just puts his head down and the candle's there, you know, and he just kind of blows on the candle, kind of like lets out this breath. And it's like all his resignation goes out the window. And he's just like, okay, I will admit to you how I'm feeling. So there are only a couple people he will ever admit this stuff to. And Debbie's one of them. And it's just a beautiful scene. And I think Debbie helped kind of push him in that direction, um, which sometimes can be, I understand why people get frustrated with Brian with that, that he gets all these pushes to go do something and he doesn't figure it out on his own. But I think it's okay in that he needed that little push there. And so when they do come up with those rules where they have a curfew, almost they're not going to kiss anyone else on the mouth. It was, I mean, you know, in other relationships that might not seem okay, but I liked the fact that they're having this relationship. They're actually going to have a relationship. They're actually going to give it a go. And it's not going to be your typical relationship. And I think it's good to show that it's okay to have relationships like that in the world. Not everybody's going to have a monogamous relationship. It's just, and if you're open about that stuff and honest about that stuff, 
So I liked it. I liked the rules they came up with. I think it wouldn't have fit to have Brian be like, okay, I'll try to be monogamous Mm because that would have lasted two minutes. So, Mm -hmm. right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even later in the, um, I think it's after this is later in the, the season, I think when Justin's talking to Daphne and basically he's telling her like, I'm, I'm a young kid. You know, like I get the best of both worlds. I get this man that I'm in love with. And then I get to have like whatever person I'm on the street that I want. So even though like there is a part of him that's always going to be, you know, a romantic and who possibly would like to have a monogamous relationship. I think he starts to realize like it doesn't have to look, look that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, what do it you can think? Look differently. Yeah, it can look different. And I do love that they show that because that's not something that we're mm-hmm. we're used to seeing. Definitely not on now. There are a couple more shows that include, you know, open relationships, but at that time, that's not something, yeah, yeah. we're used to seeing. And the way that they portray is like monogamy does not necessarily equal commitment. <laughs> and the lack of monogamy doesn't mean that you're not uh committed. So very yeah. true. That's mm-hmm. very true. So, yeah, I really, yeah, that was just like a lesson for me to see it. So I really Mm -hmm. appreciate that. But with that, okay, so these specific rules that they chose, what do you think that underlines? Um, I, well, I think the specific rules, I think I like the fact that Brian didn't control it completely. Justin pushed back and said, no, this, this, this. Um, And... I liked the fact that I, I think the no kissing rule was probably the best rule of all of them, honestly, because kissing, you know, if we learned anything from pretty woman. No. <laughs> and we learned many Sorry. things from pretty woman. <laughs> I had to say that kissing is a very intimate thing and it is a very intimate thing. And so I think, you know, even though they're not going to be monogamous, there is sort of this thing of like, that's just something between you and I, that's just something that we share. We don't share that with anyone else. Um, And that just be, that's something special. So I think it signifies that they are no longer, you know, Brian can no longer say we're not in a relationship, even though he sometimes says it after this, he still can't logically say that because they are in a relationship. I think this is, even though they're setting out these rules that may not seem normal to most people, they're still basically saying, okay, we're going to be in a committed relationship, but we're allowed to see other people. We're allowed to pick up other people, but we just can't kiss them. So there's one thing we keep for ourselves. There's one intimate aspect of our relationship that's for ourselves. We also have to come home to each other. Um, You know, like Brian says, when I'm out, you know, do what I'm doing. I'm doing what I'm doing. But when I come home to you, know that I'm coming home to you because I want to come home to you. So that was another key thing of him saying, I want to do this. I'm not just taking you in like Justin thought in the beginning of the episode. I'm not just taking you in because I feel bad for you. I'm took you in and I want you to stay and I want to come home to you because I want to come home to you because I care about you because I love you, but he doesn't say that, but because I love you. That's definitely how I interpreted it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and along with that, like, this is Brian putting a limitation on his own, his physical gratification, you know, which he would never have done, Mm -hmm. you know. So I do, I agree, like, the no kissing rule is very, very major and important. Mm -hmm. 
because he is denying himself some type of pleasure, which he has never done before, never had yeah. desire to do. So yeah, pretty, pretty big deal. Yep. Very <laughs> yeah. big deal. Yes. Very big deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so since that is such a big deal, uh, when Brian discovers that Justin kissed whoever he was with at the hetero hop, uh, how do you think he felt about that? I th- it's interesting because I actually wrote down little notes about that because I'm conflicted. I I think, you know, that what's so interesting about their relationship and about these rules is Brian doesn't break these rules except for the time when, <laughs> when he's in jail, which, uh, but that was totally different. Um, <laughs> that was, I'm sorry. That was just, uh, sorry. I know this is like a total tangent, but I think that is one of the funniest scenes when Brian is just wasted in the back yeah, of the gym. I know. Yeah, he and Kev's just like, do you have anything on you? And he's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I got a kilo of coat in a mirror. <laughs> just the way he says that and just, are you kidding? He's like, who says I'm joking? Yeah, yeah. He's like, this whole night is going to crap anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I know that's a tangent, but that's no. one of my favorite yeah, funny I love Brian, Brian and Ted scenes too. I, I don't know. I think they have an interesting relationship, but that I know we'll get into probably in some other later down the line seasons. Um, but anyway, for that, I think, I mean, it's interesting that Justin is the only one that breaks these. Justin is the only one that really does that. And it kind of makes sense. I mean, Justin may be the most, rom- the more romantic of the two, but Justin's also the younger of the two. I'm not excusing it, but it's just, he is. And I think for Justin with that guy, I don't think the kiss meant anything. I think he was kind of approaching it like, uh, this is what helped me when I was nervous the first right. time. Um, and he ends up being so cruel to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> it was so awful. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but I think for Brian, I think he's kind of mixed on it. I think he's okay with it though at first with the other person that we'll be mentioning later. He's not okay with that, of course, but that's different. Uh, I think he's, he was okay with it. Um, but I think the fact that Justin was kind of like, you know, he kind of wishy-washy once he said you kissed him. I think that kind of worried Brian. I think Brian was like, okay, I wonder if this is going to happen again. I don't know. That was kind of how I read it. So I think it was this mix up and down. I think he was okay with that at first, but then Justin's reaction made him not completely okay with that, if that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, no, for sure. Because I think had Justin just like, here was the situation. I mean, it was still breaking the rules, but I mean, you you don't agree. And even if you say, no, still wrong, like you can understand why he why he did it and so I think if he would have said that but then maybe he's thinking okay me telling Brian about this old romantic story like that's probably not (laughs) you know but he does act he doesn't know what to do he's like I'm gonna go take a shower (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I think you're right and Brian's just kind of like a whole lot just happened just really quickly so yeah yeah, I agree with that I think he he's surprised but he's not and he's Mm -hmm. kind of like bothered but he's not and I, I do think yeah a little bit of Oh, okay. We're already doing that, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and yeah, and yeah, can that happen again? Will that happen again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's shift gears a little bit here. Um, this season also brings Ben Bruckner to the party. 
And uh, yeah, I, I like I Ben. Love ben. I love Ben. Um, and so <laughs> let's talk about the difference between Brian's reaction to David and his reaction to to Ben. It seems like he's, I don't know if accepting is the right word, but it seems like he just doesn't respond to this one the same way. So kind of talk talk us through that difference. Well, he probably realizes right away that Ben is a hundred times the man that David ever could be. <laughs> I love, sorry, but I, I love, I love Ben. Um, yeah. I, you know, the thing with Ben is the way most people react to him in the show when he first comes on is, is really just kind of disgusting, to be honest. Um, I hate the way, especially Deb, but I hate the way people react to Ben and with his HIV positive status. It's really disturbing. It's, I mean, it's probably very true and accurate, especially for that time period. Yeah, it's very true. Um, and you kind of see Brian do that in some ways, but he doesn't do it as, as outright as like Ted, especially, you know, of, of the guys. I think Ted does it a lot more outright. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. And I think, I think Brian and Ben never really seem to become friends. Like they never really get along. They're always kind of in competition with each other. But I think Brian respects Ben because Ben doesn't have this, this, I don't know how to describe it, but he doesn't, he, Ben has more confidence than say David did, which may seem odd when, cause David was older, but I, that doesn't mean that you're going to have more confidence. And I just think Ben is more secure in who he is as a person. And so I think Brian realizes that right away. And I think in a different world, I think the two of them actually could have been like friends in some way, but because Michael was involved, they couldn't ever be friends. <laughs> That's just not yeah. the way it would work. Yeah, no, no. And plus Ben is a different kind of person. Um, but I think Brian respects Ben a lot, even though he, you know, gives him a hard time all the time and all that. I think he has some respect for him. I think he sees how much Ben respects Michael. And I think he thinks he's good enough for his best friend, even though sometimes he does things that may be counterintuitive to that, but I think he does. So, I, I mean, I don't think they ever become friends, but I think, you know, Brian respects him because it's, you know, and I said this, I think on my podcast, when we were talking about careers book last time, it takes a big person and a very secure person to want to date Michael with Brian there. I mean, that's, I mean, because you're always going to be competing with Brian and I think it takes someone who's really secure in who they are to do that. And I think Brian knows this. So I think Brian sees that with him. So, yeah. Yeah. There's not uh near as much pettiness <laughs> involved, no. you know, with, yeah. between Brian and Ben and, and uh, you know, Brian and, and David and I think from the start, well, they all, they just kind of, but it has, uh, David and Brian did, of course. But I think also, I think Brian didn't feel like David was a good match for him at all. He didn't really think that they were oh. compatible. And um, mm -hmm. I think that he felt like David was molding some, Michael into someone that, that he wasn't. And Brian knows that Michael is pretty malleable, <laughs> you know, because he's not really set and firm in who he yes. is not in season one and I would argue still not really in season two mm -hmm. um and so he he knows that about about Michael and because like you say he doesn't know him really well 
And so he saw David using that to his own advantage. And uh, but not to say Michael was completely innocent in it, because, I mean, That's if David true. went two steps in one direction, Michael ran eight <laughs> you know, in that direction. So. But yeah, so, as much it, as I'd like to blame it all on David, yeah. True. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, I think, and so he's like, okay, he didn't see as much of that as much of Ben trying to control Michael. I know that there are some people who do not like Ben, and they they do feel like he controls him in some ways, but I don't think uh, Brian sees it that way. <laughs> yeah, I will defend Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So you brought up another scene. Talking about being a big person to, you know, take on that with uh, a relationship with Michael, knowing that Brian is always going to be the mm-hmm. third person <laughs> in your bedroom, yeah. you know? It, yeah. So speaking of that, you brought up the comic book scene. Uh, so what were your thoughts when you, you shared with your friend that, but what were your thoughts when you saw that scene? I hate that scene. I mean, I, I, I mean, I understand being in there. I don't hate it. Like they shouldn't have put it in there. Like. But I hate that scene, not because I don't think it should have been in there, but I hate it because it's really, hey, can I curse on here? I couldn't remember. I can curse on here, right? Yeah, you can. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Go yeah. right ahead. It's, I thought so. It's just really fucked up. It's just completely fucked up. Everything about it. Um, because Brian, I really don't like Brian in that scene. Uh, he's completely toying with Michael. Like he always does. It's always that thing of like, you know, uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of taste and then I'm going to pull away and I know you want this and I'm going to pull away and it's just shitty. And at that point, I was hoping they were beyond those kind of things and that Brian wouldn't do that anymore. So for me, it was like a step backwards. It was really uncomfortable. It wasn't, there wasn't anything sexy or alluring about it. It was just kind of felt like you guys should not be doing this. And you know you shouldn't be doing this. And it just bothered, it just really bothered me. And that's all I can say. About it. it was just like mm-hmm. anyway, I know what what Brian's mission was in that and like why he why he did that, but you really just kind of wish that he had better tools and better ways of proving a point or <laughs> you know, making a statement. Yeah, I mean, that's not the most toxic thing in this no, season no, with them, no. but that, but that's pretty toxic. And, you know, I mean, I know I said that Justin is the only one that breaks the relationship guidelines. So I guess you could, I can't remember if that's before 206, but, or after 206, I mean, um, so I can't remember if that was after, it's that after, was after. Believe it is after. after. So I guess you could say he's breaking the rules, although I kind of don't think of it that way. I don't know. I don't know why, but I just didn't think of it that way. Yeah. yeah but it's interesting. It's interesting that like, Justin to me, I don't think he ever feels like any sense of competition with Michael, but you know, if you're in a relationship with Michael, I think you would always feel a sense of competition with Brian. And I always thought that was interesting that they, I don't know, even though they have a weird relationship, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he, Justin ever feels like he's in, com- not, not no. uh, in a romantic, <laughs> intimate relationship, but no, I don't think he ever, no. ever feels that, but yeah, if you are with Michael, there's always that fear that Brian's going to knock up, knock on the door and like, all right, Michael, today's the day. <laughs> Michael's going to turn around to you and go, peace. <laughs> so, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And I know we'll talk about that probably in season three. When we talk season three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we, um, we just, we just might do a little bit of that. <laughs> 
okay. So, um, something else we already touched on just briefly. Uh, another thing that happens to Brian in this season is that he, I don't know if I should say he gets outed to his mom or is outed or comes out to his mom, but his mom finds out mm-hmm. and I mean, he's 30. She, she does not know, um, anything about really him at all. Uh, but definitely not about this side of his life and just the way she finds out what is, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, Brian's mom, man. I hate Brian's mom so much. I, I I'm okay with just not including any of the other guineas (laughs) just ever in anything. Yeah. She's, Ooh, she, Oh gosh. I hate her so much because, Ooh, and I know he's a grown man and it's no excuse, but I blame her. And of course his dad, but I blame her for a lot of the reason why Brian is Brian thinks he doesn't deserve love or he, no one really loves him or he's not worthy of that. And her reaction, it just goes to prove that sadly to him and her continued reaction to him throughout the rest of the series. She's just, Oh my gosh. Yeah. She's just, (laughs) words i'm sorry i don't have words because i hate her so much she's Mm -hmm. so awful and horrible and mean and she hides behind her religion i hate people that do that i hate when people use their religion as an excuse for their hatred and for their bigotry and any i just it's just drives me nuts and that's what she does she uses her religion as an excuse to hate her son this is her son her flesh and someone she gave birth to he hasn't done anything to her and yet she treats him like trash and she already treated him like trash. And now she just treats him like diseased trash is the way she treats him. And it's so horrible and abusive and painful. And you know, there are so many people in the LGBTQIA plus community who have dealt with parents like this. Yeah. And it just, it just infuriates me. Cause I can, I mean, I don't have kids and I'm never going to have kids, but I can't imagine having a kid and turning your back on them and treating them like she does and not even wanting to sit down and have a conversation, not even wanting to know about it and to just completely turn your back on your flesh and blood like that. I can't imagine doing that for just who they are. I mean, (laughs) right. Yeah. And that's one of the things that he is most confident in himself about, you know, is his, is his sexuality. And, you know, even though that has some unhealthy parts to it, but that's one of the things that he's most confident about, most sure of himself in, you know, and Mm -hmm. when she meets the truth of that, you know, she's like, I want no more to do with you, you know? So yeah, when he she really gets to see a true piece of Brian, she rejects it immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so sad. It's so heartbreaking to me. Yeah. 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 She's a pretty terrible. Yeah. I I do like how they did the comparison with um the is it Reverend Butterfield Minister Butterfield Tom and yes and uh and Brian. I do like how we get to see we get to see what she really thinks about Brian and just like the ridiculousness of her hiding behind this religion. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the man that she's telling Brian, he should be more like 
they have more like in common than you know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, Except yeah. for Brian is braver and right. More, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. But in her mind, he's he's perfect. You know, he's everything that she would want in a son. And yeah. yeah but if she knew that one other thing about him, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, with that whole thing with, with the priest, I, that also speaks to Brian's character because Brian very easily could have shattered his mom's world. And he didn't, he chose not to, he chose to take the higher ground there and he very easily could have done that. Mm -hmm. And honestly, there's a part of me that would have kind of wanted to see that. Yeah. Um, But I think Brian also knew it wasn't his place to out anyone. Um, you know, that's a private matter and that's up to the person. And so I think that was part of it. And he also was like, I'm the bigger person here. So I'm going to be the bigger person here. And, you know, when the final scene in Babylon between Brian and that priest and when the, when he's at the bar and Brian just kind of leaves him there and you see that, that sort of comparison there where Brian is living his life. And this guy can't because he's hiding and he knows he won't be accepted in that church if he does come out. So it's, yeah, it's an interesting parallel there, but yeah. 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 I do like that. He chose to let her have Mm -hmm. just a little bit of peace even because despite it all, he still loves her, you know, Um, I think throughout his childhood and probably even up to this point in adulthood, there was some hope that his mom would love him, that she would accept him, um, that she would choose to care about him and take interest in him. And and I think he's realizing that's probably just not going to happen. Yeah. You know? Uh, and so he just, why? I could, yeah, blow up her world and shatter it for what? It's still not going to get me the thing that I've craved since I was a child. Mm-hmm. So he just kind of lets it, lets it go. Yep. All right. There's already been a whole lot that uh, our poor Brian has gone through <laughs> in season two, but we got more to talk about. In talking about Brian's relationship with Melanie and Lindsay, there's Gus involved there. So how is Brian doing with his role as a father, but not primary guardian in season two? I think you see Brian slowly and steadily, gradually. He wants to be part of Gus's life. Uh, I still don't think he considers himself like a primary caregiver at all. At this point, I just think it's more, he's more involved. Um, I think for sure what happened with Justin probably pushed that a little bit more. I think Justin anyway, pushes him a lot in that area. Uh, so I think he really loves Gus. I think there's never a doubt in my mind ever throughout this whole series that Brian cares deeply for Gus. I mean, deeply. And even though he knows he's not going to be ever a primary parent in Gus's life, he wants Gus to always know at least that he loves him, I think. So I think he's the perfect, he's not a sperm donor, basically. He's But he's the perfect caregiver to the level that would be okay. I think in that relate in that situation for Mel and Lindsay. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes, sometimes he crosses boundaries that they don't want him to, Mm -hmm. but I think he's, I I love his relationship with Gus. So I like watching him with Gus. Yeah. Yeah. Cause in season one, we saw him kind of, well, at first he was just going to step out and bow out completely, Mm -hmm. but you know, with Justin's encouragement, 
he did kind of push for some sort of presence and some yeah. sort of role. Uh, and so that's kind of somewhat of a truce. <laughs> so in season yeah. two, when we see him with Gus, it's in more like he's there just helping out or, you know, he's at the park with Lindsay and they have Gus with them or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just smaller roles. And yeah, I don't think he's putting quite... together the swing set. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's finding a way to be present, but I don't know that he's completely figured out exactly what that can look mm-hmm. like or what he wants it to look like, but he is finding ways to, to be present. And that was kind of just tricky from the start because in Mel's mind, this was Mel and Lindsay's child. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. yeah, of course, Brian's going to be around and be in his life because they're all friends. Well, Lindsay and Brian are friends, but that was, I think, Mel's understanding. Now, I think Lindsay had a different understanding. <laughs> then, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're working it out. Yeah. It's at a, <laughs> it's at a better place in season two than it was in season one, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think Mel, I think a big reason Mel wanted Brian to be the sperm donor really was all she was thinking about it is because she thought Brian would be the perfect one because Brian wouldn't want to have anything to do with the kid. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of bit her in the butt a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's, yeah, I think that's part of it. So. Yeah. I feel like that has to be the reason because otherwise why would she even choose that? Exactly. But I think that's exactly what it was. Him. She thought, you know, he's going <laughs> to spend all his time at Woody's or Babylon mm-hmm. and, or at work. And so we'll never have to deal with him, never have to see him. So Yeah. I think when she finally got over the fact that Lindsay had chosen <laughs> chosen Brian, she's like, okay, that can work for me because mm-hmm. he won't he won't be involved. So yeah, definitely bitter in the butt. <laughs> yeah. Yes, big time. Yeah. <laughs> uh yes. Another major storyline that we've brought up a little bit. And so we're gonna uh move a little bit further um into the season. And that is the rage storyline. I know you've got some strong opinions <laughs> about that. So tell me all about them. Okay, well, I have never been more angry at Brian than I was at this storyline. Um, yeah, so number one, I want to say it was really nice to finally see Michael and Justin bonding over something. And it had everything to do with Brian. In his mind, it didn't, but it had everything to do with Brian. But it was a nice little thing. I liked that it came about. Brian's reaction was so despicable and disgusting when he peed on that artwork, that is beyond reprehensible, in my opinion. I think that is by far, I honestly think, the worst thing Brian has ever done on the show, ever. And to me, it was so, so horrible because this was their creative work. And when you're creative and we create something and for someone to literally piss on it is like saying it's it's like pissing on your soul and your heart and something you have poured yourself into. And it's so mean and cruel. And yes, he was jealous. He was feeling like they were sharing something he could never share with Justin. And of course, Ben's talking to him at the club about it didn't help at all with, you know, oh, they're sharing something even more intimate than sex. And That no was something help, Brian did no. not need to hear. <laughs> no, he time. definitely did not like, need to read hear. Read the room. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said on that episode. Like, dude, read the room. <laughs> like, that is not. You are not helping right now. No. But Brian's reaction to destroy that work and then to leave like a coward, honestly, it was very cowardly. 
And of course you see Justin and Michael are both angry, but of course, Michael is more ready to forgive him than Justin. But I just, it was just so infuriating because it was like taking a hundred steps back. It was like, he basically let all his insecurities about himself and his relationships with people and losing this one, Justin was this one person that was all his and Justin didn't have anything to do with Michael and Justin loved him the most and Justin liked him the most. And here's Justin looking up to Michael who Michael also liked Brian the most. And now what is Michael like Justin more or that kind of thing. So it was, and you could see it from the very beginning of the episode when they're in the, in their Liberty diner and they're sitting there and they're, you mm-hmm. know, Justin and Brian are hung over and Michael's yeah. excited and you could see in Brian's face, once again, Gail Harold's acting. Sorry, uh-huh. but a lot of that is not scripted. That's just. Right. Yeah. And you could see that in there that he was already getting frustrated that, you know, I mean, he he brushes it off like, oh, finally, you two will have something to talk about other than me. But in the back of his mind is like, damn it, you two will have something to talk about other than me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it plays into that whole insecurity crap that he has. And also that whole thing of I'm not going to be good enough anymore. And then Deb being like, you moron, this character they have created is you. This is all based on you. This is Mm -hmm. all comes from their love of you and their respect of you. And you just pissed all over that without talking to them, without communicating. Instead, you just slap them in the face, punch them in the face. And I'm glad that he came around to it during the same episode. And just added helpful little insight, which was fine. And that he finally was okay in the end. But yeah, I I have never been more angry at Brian. (laughs) And I love, love Brian. I probably excuse more stuff that he does than I should. But I could not excuse that. That was, that was, oh, that was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty extreme. And definitely if you're just looking at it, it seems like that was a huge overreaction to the situation. But it's like you said, he let all of his junk, all of his insecurities, all of that junk, he just kind of let that take over and let that lead him. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. To a not good <laughs> at all result. No, he was, you know, to do that to someone's great creative process. And- yeah. You know, because when you're a creator, when you create anything, you're putting a piece of yourself there, even though they were creating this superhero that was him, they still were putting themselves out there. They still had spent hours working on that. And he just literally pissed on it. And it's like, how, how can you not, I mean, I think he knew, but how can you not know how horrible that is and how mean and cruel and insensitive it's just. I remember the first time watching that and just being like, what the fuck? I'm like, I cannot believe he did this. Even though he's done some horrible things, I'm like, I can't believe he did that. It was just, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was very extreme. It was uh, was very, very uh, extreme. And I'm glad that we got a real apology from him because we get Brian apologies throughout Mm -hmm. throughout this whole series. And sometimes it's just like, here's this nice gesture or whatever, you know, but this, yeah. he gave like a verbal apology here. And I think that mm-hmm. was the only way to really address that. Oh yeah, definitely. And of course he late, he ends up loving the fact that they created this character, of course. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's able to see what it means to them, like mm-hmm. just as a passion project, just as something that they've created, but also 
okay, this is something that for Justin could provide a stream of income for him. And he was something Michael's wanted his whole life. And so he's able to look outside of himself and his own issues. Um, But yeah, unfortunately he took a bad turn on the road to get there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So things get a little rocky (laughs) Uh, as we move forward. I have a question. Do you, well, I know he does. I know that Brian notices that Justin is something's different or something's off with Justin. What, at what point do you think that he clues in on that? Or like, what do you think? Is it several things or kind of one event? Um, well, I think definitely, I think the biggest clue for Brian is when Justin goes to Vermont without Brian. I think that is the biggest one. I think there've been little things that happen basically right after Mel and Lindsay's wedding is I think that's kind of the seeds get planted because Justin wants, Justin wants that. He just does. Um, And so I think those seeds get planted in Justin's mind. And then of course, I mean, I know we'll get to that person later, but other things happen that plant things in his mind. But I think when Brian really notices it is when he goes to Vermont without him, because Brian has been in his own little world And Justin is just like, no, let's get away. Let's do something together. And they're supposed to get away. And Brian's like, no, no, no. I've got all this work to do. And Brian is so excited to tell Justin, you know, what's happened that he made partner and that crushing look on his face when he realizes that Justin left. And basically that was like saying, you know, I don't need you. I don't need you. I mean, I think that's totally how Brian read it. And that really is what Justin was saying. I'm going to go do this. I'm not going to wait around for you. I'm going to live my life. And this is what I want to do. And I'm going to do it with or without you. And I think that was the turning point for sure. That moment right there for Brian, especially is I think he totally knew because he didn't even share his news with anybody else. He was like, okay, then I'm going home. Mm Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I, uh, I accept that argument. Yeah. <laughs> I think I buy that. That's it. Yeah. It's been a couple of things leading up to, but yeah, I definitely think after that, you know, um, yeah, that's yeah. Mm-hmm, where it's like, yeah, he didn't just accept what I told him. He didn't wait around like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because, you know, I think we probably talked about this. And I, I know we would have in, in, uh, Brian Kenny one Oh one, uh, how he, to him, Justin leaving is an, inevitability you know like that's that's something that in his mind that's gonna happen at at some point and so I do think that there are times when he tries to do things to see if he could possibly stop that from happening or prevent it from happening but that's still in his mind and so when -hmm. when Justin literally goes off without him um yeah I definitely think that's a that's a key turning point there yeah Especially, you can see it all. You can see the hurt on Brian's face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Once again, Gail Harold's acting. Sorry, yeah, but I just always have to amazing. It because yeah. it's amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, in that situation, I I try to take sides in their relationship, and so I try to like see both sides of it, or say, okay, here's what he's going through. Here's what he's going through. And so, I wouldn't necessarily say that Justin is wrong for for going. No, not um, at all. But. <laughs> No, I don't, I don't think Justin's wrong at all to go. I think it actually shows a lot of growth in Justin. Um, it shows that he doesn't need to rely just on Brian. I think it represents a turning point in their relationship 
that stretches through the rest of the show, honestly. So I think I, I don't, I don't blame Justin at all. I never did it. It broke my heart for Brian in a way. I thought it was a sad scene, but I mean, come on. I understand if you're in that situation and you're Justin, you've got to be like, Oh my gosh, can we just please have just a romantic moment like this? Can we just please do this? We're in a relationship. Please, please stop ignoring me. And he just was like, fine, if you're going to keep ignoring me, I'm just going to go because I want to go and I'm just going to go. So it was like, I think I totally, I was, you know, it's not necessarily even picking sides because I don't think there's even necessarily a side to even pick. I agree with that. It's just, I can see Mm -hmm. both sides. Mm -hmm. My heart breaks for Brian, but I totally, I think Justin did the complete right thing that he should have done. I think it was a great thing. All right, so we're going to jumble some, since we've already talked about some turning points, we're going to jumble a few things together. And uh, <laughs> so that's Justin's birthday and what I call Flower Gate. <laughs> I know I saw that on there. I'm like, Flower Gate. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we see Brian about to buy the flowers, but he doesn't buy the flowers. All of all of that just as we, because there's been like the tension, but it seems like they would get past it. You know, like there'd be, mm-hmm. A little blip, but then they could kind of, I don't know if they're necessarily working through it, but they're going around it or, you know, something like that. But with Justin's birthday, that I think that's one of the times where we say, oh, this is, they're not lining up at all right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Brian, instead of getting flowers, even though I think that's what Brian wanted to do. You see that he wanted to do that, but he's like, well, this isn't me. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to show that much of myself. So instead I'm going to get him a trick. And that was the last thing in the world Justin wanted. And I think that was a big turning point for Justin more than even Brian. I think that was like, Justin was like, okay, I don't know if I can do this relationship anymore because I want to have intimacy. That's not just sexual intimacy with you. And you're giving me for my birthday sex with another guy. It's like, it's totally not what he wanted because it's, even though they have this open relationship at the same time, it's almost like saying, you know, it's this weird thing of like, he's like, no, don't you know me? I want, and Brian does, but don't you know that I want something that's deeper and more real for my birthday? I don't want to just have sex with some random guy. I want to be with you. I want to share some intimate moments. I want to have a nice romantic dinner. I want to, you know, get flowers. I want all that stuff. And Justin has always known that that's not who Brian is necessarily, but I think there's always been that part of him that wishes it was. And I think for Justin, it was like, okay, well, I we're in this relationship. So maybe that'll start to happen. And I think for Brian, there is a part of Brian that wants to do that. And like, he wanted to buy the flowers for him, but he's also not ready yet for that because he's still such a scared little boy, really, honestly, inside there, there's that scared little boy that if he does that, he'll lose Justin, whereas he's going to lose Justin because he won't do that stuff. So it's this, yeah, it was, I think that was another big big turning point in their relationship I think more so for Justin than I definitely think it is something that Justin wants Brian to want you know to be 
there are lots of ways to be romantic. It's not just a traditional sense, but I do think that there are times where he does want some of the traditional things too. He doesn't want her 100% of the time, but he does want some of that. And so, yeah, yeah I definitely think that he, he wants Brian to want to be like that or to be like that. But also mm-hmm. I think he's thinking surely Brian loves me enough to compromise occasionally. And so I think exactly. that's another thing that's happening. And when, so when the times when Brian doesn't compromise to mm-hmm. him, it's like, okay, well, he doesn't love me enough to to do those things for me. Yeah. And he's already started to find someone or notice someone, meet someone who already, without even getting to that point, is showing him that stuff that he wants to see in Brian. And so I think for Justin, it's just kind of like, I think Justin is at this point where he's like, please just at least show me a little bit of this so that I can ignore this other thing that's starting to happen in my life. So I think it's another thing of like, also like almost desperation in a way where he's like, if you could just show me a little bit of this, then I'd be okay. You know, just give me a little bit of a taste and I'll be okay. Or I'll be satiated for a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. Which is fine for Justin to want and to need. Oh yeah. And then of course, Brian gets to choose if he wants to to offer Mm -hmm. it or not. Cause that Mm -hmm. it's kind of funny. You see you don't have to, but a lot of times you see people fall into one camp or the other. And I try as much as I can to live in, live in the gray area. But uh, I know a lot of the argument is, well, Justin knew who Brian was. He knew who he was. He knew who he was like, yeah, but that doesn't mean he has to stay who he was. And that doesn't mean no. it's not okay to say, okay, now we're in a relationship together. And so that should draw out some other sides of your personality. And I'm of the opinion, I think I said this in, in our last one, but I'm of the opinion that there's, Brian's aware there's way more to him than he's comfortable exposing or exploring and way more Mm -hmm. to him than what other people have have seen. And so some of it, I don't think that necessarily it would be a change in him, but it would just be him him giving himself the freedom to exercise some different parts of himself. Like, I agree. I think he did want to get the flowers, but then just like, no, 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 that's not who I am. So Mm -hmm. I do think that some of that stuff is in him, you know, so I don't necessarily think all of it would be him changing Brian. It might be him. It might be him encouraging Brian to change what he re- reveals of himself or shares with himself. But maybe I'm not making yeah, any yeah. sense. <laughs> no, you're making total sense because yeah, I don't think I don't fault Justin at all. Honestly, in the, with a lot of this, I mean, there is anger towards Justin towards the end of this season, and and I understand that. But at the same time, I think. Justin didn't know the reality of what the reality of being in a relationship with Brian really would be like. That's the thing is that you can know someone and be like, okay, I know who you are. But when you get in a relationship and especially when you're living with somebody, you see a totally different sides to them. And it might not be the reality that you had in your mind. And Justin's young. Justin is really young. So there's also that side to it. And just because Justin knew what he was getting into doesn't mean that he can just be like, okay, I'm going to excuse whatever Brian does. And I'm like the biggest Brian defender in the world, but that still doesn't mean he gets to excuse Brian not doing things for him or not at least trying a little bit because Justin tries a lot with Brian. Justin gives a lot to Brian. And so Justin wanting Brian to do the same thing that's not him not knowing who Brian is. That's just him wanting an equal share in the relationship and wanting some growth there. So yeah, I don't, I don't at all. I've never, ever blamed Justin because I totally understand 
I think anybody in that situation would go through the same thing. It'd be very hard to be in a relationship with Brian. It'd be very, it'd be so painful and difficult. Even if you knew who he was, if you had the mind of Justin and you had the thought process of Justin, it would be so hard to be in that relationship. And they're my favorite couple, but it just would, it just would be hard. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, for, for Brian, like you said, he is just, he's very afraid if he gives away more and more, more parts of himself. And it's like, if I give those away and he Mm -hmm. takes them and runs with them, you know, so I think because it's what he expects, he expects to be abandoned or rejected because that's what he grew up with. And so, so I get, I get why he's closed off. And and for some people, you just kind of get these emotional locks, you know, where, or these things where you Mm -hmm. just can't, a simple gesture or simple words, you just, you just cannot do it. And I think that there are parts of him that are still kind of locked behind those, um, you know, some of those doors emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I also don't really necessarily blame Brian. No, I don't blame him either. Yeah, Because, you know, he's just, he's being honest and open. He's not lying. So I I don't blame him either entirely. I do wish he would try a little bit more sometimes, but I don't blame him entirely. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with, yeah, no, they're not, they're not. And that's what I think I said something to that effect. Like there's, there's no one to blame here. There are no bad Mm -hmm. guys here. It's just, this is where they are individually. And unfortunately it's causing a whole lot of tension with them together as a couple yeah yeah Mm -hmm. uh so all of this stuff has gone on (laughs) you know we've had these turning points we've had these misunderstandings and these just very tense and harsh and hard uh moments and like you said somebody comes along (laughs) a certain violin player named uh ethan comes along and Uh (laughs) just happens to be uh you know playing the song that justin longs to hear (laughs) And, and i do think part of it is Justin has always wondered what it would be like to have a relationship that is mm-hmm. that would look like what Ethan is offering. And so some of it, I think, oh, is yeah. just it's just that surface level parts of it, you know, just like, oh, I always wanted somebody who, who did that or, uh, you know, I used mm-hmm. to fantasize about that. And so I do think some of it is just is just that. But I agree with what you said. And I think we talked about it on the episode where Justin tries the floor picnic with with Brian and yeah. um, it's like. He wants those things, but he really wants them with Brian, you know? So, and it's like you said, he's mm-hmm. like, please give me, if you give me that, mm-hmm. I don't have, to, I can't ignore what's going on over there. I don't have to worry about that over there. So, so, yeah. so that's where we are now. We've got, we've got Ethan, <laughs> uh, but we've also got <laughs> attempts at four picnics <laughs> and uh, stuff like that. So when Brian starts seeing Justin being a little bit more upfront with what it is he's wanting, what do you think is going on in his mind? Gosh, I think fear is the, is the, uh, in the forefront. It was, it's like right up front is fear. Uh, I think Brian thought they had gotten to a point where they have this, you know, relationship. They had this set of rules. They had, you know, what they were going to do. And now Justin's pushing those rules and wants something else and something more. And Brian is too scared to give it to him. And so he's also too, he's also scared because he's like, okay, if he keeps wanting this stuff, that means I'm going to lose him, you know? So what do I do to do that? And I don't think he really knows what to do. I mean, he knows what to do, but he doesn't know how to actually go from 
knowing in reality what to do to actually manifesting that or to actually doing it or to actually being brave and taking that step. And so I think Brian has that fear from, um, you know, I think, like I said, I think it really starts in Vermont, the Vermont thing. And then he just, that fear just keeps traveling and going through. And I, and, you know, it, I mean, we haven't gotten to that point yet, but it, it does get to the point where he's just, he turns that fear into kind of almost, I don't want to say blame, but like, kind of like pushing Justin away in a way, um, or anger. I think he turns that fear into anger. Um, he also gets defensive of Justin a lot. He defends Justin a lot to other people, not necessarily in front of Justin. Um, but I think it's just a lot of fear. I don't know. There is that fear. And I also think that he, what he thinks he's like, Justin's going to want more of that and more of that and more of that. And I think what he has in his mind of what Justin wants is way further down the line than what Justin actually yeah, I think could be satisfied true. with, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Justin is finding things elsewhere. And uh, yeah, well, then with a little help from somebody <laughs> named Michael, Brian finds oh, out, God. yeah, what is <laughs> going on. So, okay, what are what are your thoughts about that? I mean, Ken and I were very vocal about... <laughs> about About michael about michael and tell and i understand it's his friend but i was like "Mm." i think michael was so giddy and happy to see this that he didn't think about the fact that this would really really hurt his best friend uh michael has wanted justin out of brian's life since episode one And this, I think, was the moment where Michael's like, okay, this is it. This is really going to push Justin out of his life. And he was just so giddy, even though he was showing that he was angry. I think he was so giddy and so excited to tell him that, that he was, it was very selfish, very selfish thing to do. Uh, Michael tends to do that a lot. (laughs) It was very in character of Michael to do that. I'm not surprised Michael did that. It wasn't like, it wasn't like the writing was bad but it was really infuriating. It was just, and he just kept rubbing it in. Uh-huh. And every time they like, where is Justin? Where's Justin? Where's Justin? Oh yeah. Justin? Oh, oh, Brian, you're here. Is Justin here? Oh, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> and so that's I'm like, why dude. I'm like, you weren't just doing this to be a good friend. No, because not at of all. The way, like he went and found Brian out. Like he, you know, this wasn't yes. like a, Hey, meet me at the shop or, Hey, can I come over to the loft? We need to talk. He went, you know, so he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was the thing. Is he I just was so giddy. I just don't think I don't buy that his motives were a hundred percent pure. I'll say that they weren't. No, and I and I'm not saying that he doesn't care about Brian's feelings, but yeah, yeah. It, that was secondary to the fact that he was happy that this could possibly get Justin out of their lives forever. Um, you know, he wasn't even thinking about the fact that they have this comic book they're trying to get off the ground. He was just thinking about the fact that, you know, this is going to hurt Brian, but in, but in the long run, it'll be good because then Justin will be gone. Justin will be out of the picture. And it was just crappy the way he went about it. Because on the one hand, you know, as his friend, I do think there is some kind of responsibility there to be like, Hey, um, you know, if I had a friend and they saw my boyfriend or my husband or my whatever cheating on me, I would really hope they'd come to me and tell me and be open about it. But the way Michael does it and how excited he is, even though he's like playing off as he's angry, 
is what's infuriating about it because it's just like, oh my God, he's like a little kid, you know, on the playground who got the better toy or something like that. It's just like, oh, just stop rubbing it in. Just be a friend. And that's all you have to be. Yeah. I think at this point, Michael had also established some sort of friendship in the early stages with, with Justin. And so I feel like Mm -hmm. that is really where he should have gone first. Like, Hey, Justin, I saw this. I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know if you're, you know, but you, you put me in an odds situation or I feel like he should have gone to him first because they were building um, some sort of a friendship, but also in some ways, Justin has disclosed more about what he's going through to, to Michael than he has to Brian. That's true. Mm-hmm. And so he's been using him as a, as a confidant in some ways, Justin has. And also he talked about like with them making rage, he talked about like he needed someone to talk to, through these things with. And so Michael was really presenting himself as someone he could trust, someone he could work mm-hmm. through these things with in a therapeutic way. And then to immediately throw all that at the window when he saw an opportunity to get Justin out the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. that's what bothered me about that. Yeah. I hated that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But so, so now Brian knows um, that uh, even if he doesn't know all the details and he, Brian's no fool. He's been picking up on things. Justin's been mm-hmm. lying a little bit and <laughs> coming home and rushing into the shower. And, uh, but then there's the night after the bowling tournament where he knows what he knows and in a way confronts Justin about that. I'm so glad we're talking about that scene. Cause I think that even though it's painful as a Brian Justin chipper, it's still one of my favorite scenes <laughs> in season two. I love it because, you know, it starts out, it's actually really kind of sexy. And even though Brian knows right now, you know, he's sitting there, he's waiting for Justin. Um, and Justin, of course, is like, I'm going to go take a shower. It's like, no, you've been taking a lot of showers lately. Come here, come here, come here. You know, and he's like being really sweet. He's almost seducing Justin in a way. Um, he is seducing Justin. And then when they're down on the floor and then he stops and you even hear like the squeaking on the floor, like his hands or something. And when he sniffs him and then tells him he stinks, woo, that was like, boom, gut punch (laughs) Mm -hmm. right to Justin Mm -hmm. because Brian knows and Justin's like, Brian knows. And that was just the way of Brian saying, I know without saying, I know. And I think it was such a great, it was such a good way to do that because you saw so much hurt and anger in Brian in that moment and betrayal. And I think Brian was like, okay, maybe I'll give you just a second where maybe you can tell me the truth. You can be open and Justin isn't. And I think while I understand where Justin is coming from, Justin really does betray Brian. I mean, Justin is. Justin is cheating on Brian. I know they to have an open relationship. That yeah, doesn't but this mean is totally different. that yeah. you can't mm-hmm. cheat. Mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of people miss about their relationship. And a lot of people like to say, well, why would Brian get upset about this? They're always yeah. sleeping with other people. No, no, but no. This, this is, is clearly, clearly this is different. not the same thing. Yeah. It's more intimate. You can tell that because you can tell Justin's ashamed because he knows it's wrong because he goes and takes a shower. He wouldn't go and take a shower every time if he didn't know that he was cheating on him. So when they have their open relationship 
and they have those rules set. They have those rules set for a reason, because there are things that you will do that will be outside of those rules that will be considered cheating. And what Justin did is cheating. And Brian knows this. And for Brian, who is somebody who is very open sexually, is a very sexual being, does not ever, would never tie Justin down to just be with him. He would never want to be tied down. But what Justin did was betray the fact that Brian was finally open and ready to have this relationship. And Justin betrayed that and wasn't open and honest about it. And while I understand why it happened, and I don't completely blame Justin at all. It still was a really big, big betrayal. And so Brian confronting him that way without actually saying, okay, let's sit down and have a talk. Who is this person? That's not Brian, <laughs> first off. But it was just a really cool scene. And it hurt. It was painful. And Justin's face afterwards and just with Brian, just the way he said that you stink, go take a shower. You stink mm -hmm. was just like here. He starts doing it being intimate. And then he's like, uh-uh, bye-bye. Yeah. You know, it was very, yeah. I, I love that scene though. Yeah. I think that's one oh, of the yeah. best it's scenes a, it's a great, two. It's a great scene. And you know, you like, there is a lot of betrayal and anger and all this, but even despite all, there's still a lot of desire in it too you know so it's like mm -hmm. yeah even though he it's did all those things yeah even though he still he did all those things like he still wants justin you know and uh i think that was an important aspect of it as well yeah because i think you know michael and probably everybody else expected him to just be like okay i'm done with you bye but no he he's recognizing mm -hmm. no you hurt me this is wrong i'm angry about this but you know he can't deny yeah, and he's he still mm -hmm. yeah yeah, because he doesn't say we're done, we're over. Right. He doesn't say anything like that. It's more like, I know what you have done and you haven't told me this and I'm pissed. And so I'm going to tell you in this way, in my way. And it's this way of being like, I'm going to open up a little bit intimately. We're going to be a little intimate, but I'm going to throw it right back in your face because I know you've been intimate with somebody else tonight, right before you came here. And I know you are cheating on me with somebody. And, you know, it was just, I think it was the perfect way to do it. It was very in character for Brian. Um, and it was, was that complete gut punch. I mean, you stink. Those words have never been harsher in anything ever yeah. before. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, and then things spiral very quickly from this <laughs> point. I mean, from here we get the scene where, uh, they're talking in in the kitchen there at the loft and uh, Justin does apologize and then um, they get to talking and Justin tells him well Ethan says that he loves me uh, in ways that in ways that you can't and then Brian clarifies in ways that I won't, I won't. Mm -hmm. yeah and we we talked about on our episode like I think what what I thought Brian was saying by saying that and then what I think Justin probably heard when uh, when Brian said that, what do you think that he was saying when he says in ways that I won't? Well, this is Brian Kinney, you know, classic Brian Kinney. He is somebody who doesn't believe in love and doesn't believe in that, which is BS. But that's his motto and that's his MO and that's who he is. And of course, I mean, Justin hears it as like, oh, well, then you're not going to give me what I want. The reason I think Brian says it is because he's doing it as self-defense. I just always 
pictured as self-defense. He's like, well, yeah, I'm, I won't love you that way. I won't, I won't do that. I won't do that. I'm going to be the, I'm not going to let you see how much you're hurting me. And so I'm going to just throw it back at you. And I think the other part of it is, I think he thinks this is like a fairy tale love story that Justin has concocted in his head and it's not real. Um, and I think that's where Brian is also coming from is he's like, well, this person actually probably isn't too good to be true. You don't really know who they are. Maybe they're not going to give that to you. So I think there's that part in it too. Um, but I think the won't definitely doesn't mean that he can't love. That's what Justin hears, but I don't, that's not what he means by that. It just, it's his classic defense mechanism. And also I'm not a fairy tale. I'm not a Prince Charming. So I'm not going to give you that. Yeah. I think I had that same split, you know, where I do feel like some of it was, some of it was a self-preservation thing, but also think that the other side of it was what he's telling you is just kind of empty words. And it is, yeah, some, some fairy tale because everything that Brian's saying before that, oh, they're still using that line or, oh, let me guess your dreamy eyed schoolboy, you know? So yeah, he, he's not believing any of it. And so he's like, no, I'm not going to, I won't do anything that looks like that. You know, I'm not going to give you these empty promises and these lofty words. Like that's not because mm-hmm. he, he doesn't buy any of that himself. And so, yeah, I kind of felt like that's what he, part of what he was saying, yeah. but, but yeah, clearly that's not what <laughs> Justin, Justin heard. <laughs> you are choosing not to give me what I'm asking for. What I'm telling you I need is unfortunately what he hears. <laughs> um, yep. Yep. When when that happens, and then of course Brian tells him, "Is is your call where you want to be?" When Justin says, "You know, would you care if I wasn't here?" And yeah, and Brian responds the way he responds. So yeah, yeah, which is more self preservation. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just that's Brian's way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think even in saying that, there's a part of him that, of course, that wants Justin to choose to stay there, but knows that. It could already be too late. Um, yeah. Uh, so he does come back to the loft that that mm-hmm. night, of course. And Brian welcomes him in again. You know, isn't like, nope, go back to where you were before or go somewhere else or go to Debbie's. Yeah. He welcomes him back in. And so he is hanging on for as long as he can. He's like, you know, however many minutes we have left. Like he's, I feel like he's hanging on. What yeah, do you think he's? I think you're right. I think he knows he's slipping away. Uh, the, just the facial expressions when Justin crawls into bed and when he pulls like the blanket or I think he pulls either the blanket over and then puts his, um, just that look on Brian's face where you can tell, cause neither one of them are looking at each other, but they both have that look of, especially Brian of knowing this is going to end. I think Brian knows that he's losing Justin and I think he wants Justin to be there, but I think he knows that Justin doesn't really want to be there completely. Justin at this, at this point, I think is like, this isn't what I want in my life right now. And I am here right now, but this is not where I truly want to be. And Brian knows that Brian can feel that. So I think that's the moment I think really even more so than even what happens at the end of the season. I think that is the moment when Brian realizes that he is about to lose Justin. I really think he already knows at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so too. And so that's why I think he's just holding on to those last yeah. moments that, mm-hmm. that they have. 
um, because he's never going to keep Justin where he doesn't want to be. Um, yeah, he's never exactly. going to force him to do that. Um, and I think at this point, he's like, yeah, I could make jokes about it and make fun of what he wants. And, you know, him being this just like ridiculous, ro- ridiculous romantic. But if that's what he wants and that's not what he's going to get here, then, you yeah. know. Uh, then we, uh, we get the whole rage release party and, um, Brian trying to make amends with, with Justin and, and, um, and Michael. Then we have the whole rage in the, uh, back room scene. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, What is that going on? Well, see, do you know, I'm thinking through that and I haven't worked this out. So this is just me kind of. It's just in my head right now. So it's going to sound ridiculous, I'm sure. But so Melanie and Lindsay come and find Justin. Like, oh, Brian's been looking for you. Now, they wouldn't just make that up. <laughs> you know? No, I don't think they uh, So I'm like, did he intentionally put him on that search to come find him back there? Or I don't know. But either way, whether he did or didn't, Justin does find mm-hmm. him there in the in the back room. So basically having sex with himself yes right yeah the <laughs> ultimate yeah ego the trip. ultimate <laughs> yeah 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 uh, so thoughts on that i think i i think there might have been a moment where I, I don't necessarily think brian was having was looking for justin to be like i'm gonna rub something in your face yeah but i think at the same time i think him having sex with rage, having sex basically with himself, that whole ego trip. I think in a way he knew Justin would find that and he's hurting and he knows Justin's probably going to leave him. So I think that was kind of the final, I think it was, you know, two, two different things. I think it was like the final, like nail in the coffin kind of thing. And also maybe even a middle finger to Justin but I think it was also, I think there was a part of it and maybe I'm giving Brian too much credit here. I don't know, but I think there was a part of it that he did it almost as a way of pushing Justin towards what he wanted to. Explore. That's exactly what I, what I thought, what I said and Ken, like, it was like, Oh girl, <laughs> but I know I was like, I we, can make yeah. you Ken being like, yeah. uh-uh. <laughs> we respected each other's opinions differences with that, but that's exactly what I thought is he, he sees that. Justin's still struggling with the decision, mm-hmm. but he knows that Justin's kind of already made it. He's just not yes. acting on it yet. And so yeah. I felt like he was just like giving him that final push off the cliff. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing Ken. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. There was a lot of flailing of arms. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. Cause I know his feelings. And, and, well, yeah. And, and he, I mean, well, we're what we just talked about with with 301. He is like, okay, fine, <laughs> I, I, fine, I love him, but yeah, uh, but he just got to be contrary about it. Uh, but anyway, I know I, I'm having to deal with Carla, yeah, the you watch know, all and how about she never it. changed her opinion, yeah, on Brian was so frustrating. Oh, she had okay. her moments, but well, but she loves she loves Gail Harold's performance, so yeah. that's the. Yeah, at least we, yeah, that's a saving grace. Yeah. Um, but okay, so after that, I think he almost maybe not regrets his this what his actions and his decision there. Because I mean, really, what he was showing 
Justin is I'm choosing myself. It's kind of how Justin would yeah. interpret that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always going to, I'm putting me before, before you, but um, because I mean, he's there at the thing that that whole night was for Justin and Michael and he, yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. So mm-hmm. he had to be doing that on purpose with some intent. I think know? he was. I yeah. think he mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Definitely, Definitely was. Uh, but so he comes out and then even if he knew that this was coming and that this could possibly happen to come out and see, to actually see Justin walking out with someone else. Um, and just again, his face mm-hmm. What's on his face, Aaron. <laughs> When he sees Justin leaving with with Ethan, who that face. See, once again, Gail Harold. I just, oh my God, that man is amazing. Well, there's there's a moment in there where he, you know, he's wearing the mask, he's wearing the thing over his eyes, and he takes it off. And to me, even though he wanted to push Justin away, I think he was trying to push Justin away. I think that was his one last moment of like maybe trying to plead that maybe he won't leave. That's what I always took it as. He takes it off and you see this thing in his, this expression in his face of almost pleading, almost begging. Um, But I think there's also another side to it. That's almost like saying, it's okay. If you go, I don't want you to go, but it's okay. If you go, I let you go, but I want you to stay. So it's like this, you know, it's like back and forth. Um, But there's so much vulnerability there. And I think it's one of, up to this point, I think it's the most vulnerable we have ever seen Brian because just taking off the mask, his face softens a bit. He almost looks like he's going to cry. Then when he has to watch Justin leave and then he goes back to dancing and when he watches Justin leave and he knows everybody's watching this too, you know, all these people are watching at the same time. I think that was so painful for Brian. And I think Brian feels a lot of regret, a lot of sorrow, a lot of loss there and a lot of vulnerability. I really think that's the most vulnerable he's ever up to that point been on the show. And it's a beautiful, heartbreaking scene. I hate watching it though. I have a real hard time watching that scene because even though the performance is great, I just, it's it so great that you just up. feel it. Yeah. <laughs> it's too it great. It rips my heart out. Yeah. 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 I mean, God, uh, why doesn't that man, well, we all know why, <laughs> but that's just, I mean, seriously, just in that moment, no words, not a single word is uttered and you know, mm-hmm. every single emotion that he is feeling. Right. It's so incredible. And it, it just, it's so hard to watch, but it's so beautiful at the same time. I mean, it's just it's so nice in a way, even though you don't want it to happen. If you, if you ship them together, I know there are people that don't, but you don't want it to happen, but it also brings about this amazing moment with Brian, where it's like this little moment of like, I'm going to take off my mask for you. I'm going to at one moment, want you to stay and also give you permission to leave. And that's the thing with Brian is even throughout this, even though he has the moment where he tells me stinks and all that stuff, he defends Justin through this whole thing. Mm-hmm. He just completely, he, he never, ever, he has anger towards Justin. I'm not saying he doesn't have anger towards Justin, yeah, he that does. he doesn't get angry, but he also still has so much love and respect for him. And he totally understands why Justin is doing this. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, it's a, I, I love that. I love that scene and I hate that scene. I love it just because it's so beautiful, but I, I yeah. just can't, it's so hard to it's watch. So, it's very hard. It's so yeah. Hard to watch. Because, <laughs> you know, what you said exactly right. I love that because it is him saying, okay, well, what if I show him mm-hmm. really me, something true without the mask, without all the, um, yeah. me deflecting and, you know, all that. What if I just show you me, but yeah. at the same time, it's like, I know you're leaving and I, like you said, I'm choosing to let I'm choosing to let you go. Um, yeah. Oh, heartbreaking, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, very, you know, sometimes very when I've rewatched it, I'm like, I jump ahead to uh-huh. mid season three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first part of season three is so mm-hmm. hard. <laughs> because just watching it, oh, it's just I think Ken and I talked about that, like, because it's so beautiful, this road to recovery that they have at the first part of the season and and they don't fully arrive at the destination but they start heading in that direction and helping each other Mm -hmm. toward um you know recovery and and just healing and then also just kind of okay this is what we are we're we're together we're in this is us and and so to see that and everything looks good but because there's so much going on that they never really had to face or never really got to address or whatever um and it all is happening so quickly and it's so much so quickly to see it start to fall apart is just oh as someone who does ship them they are my favorite couple of all time across all you know shows and movies uh it is heartbreaking to to watch that but it's so real and honest I will say that too though I don't think this was a misstep by uh, writers at all. I feel like this is no. a very honest Mm-mm. thing and even a necessary thing for them as individuals. Yeah, it was necessary as individuals and it was necessary for them as a couple, uh, really. Um, I think we wouldn't get the stuff we get later on in other seasons if this hadn't happened. So I think it, it was a necessary evil kind of thing. It was necessary for, the, for it to happen. I think it's the most painful of all their breakups, honestly, but it, but, but it's necessary. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think they needed to move in, in a healthier direction. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately where they were, I think the way that I worded and other people have different ways to say it, but I said, I felt like their emotional needs weren't compatible at the time. And so, Oh yeah. um, Yeah. And so the only way they could head towards something healthy because they didn't have the right tools or the right, um, they just weren't at a place where they could work through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they had to, you know, because I do think they all this stuff could have been overcome, but they just weren't there and they didn't have the tools and they just, yeah, you know, that it wasn't going to go down that way. So they had to <laughs> go like this. But yeah, it is a roller coaster, not just for Brian, for all of the characters this season. There's a whole lot that goes on, but definitely since we're focusing on Brian, a whole roller coaster for him from the start of season two to the end of it. Uh, and just like, this is the same guy that we saw in episode 101, <laughs> like, you know, kind of crazy. So I know this journey of growth, this journey of boys becoming men goes throughout the whole series, but I mm-hmm. like to break it down in, um, you know, increments like this, like how we've been doing. Okay. My last two questions here. What I like would, these. <laughs> Sorry. good, good. Cause these will probably repeat next time. Uh, so what would season one, Brian, tell season two, Brian? 
See, told you relationships suck. They're bad. Never get into a relationship. <laughs> be the biggest thing he would say. Yeah. What a way. Yeah. Uh-huh. For sure. <laughs> Don't let that little trick into your life. <laughs> yeah. He was saying, I don't know if he'd believe it or he'd follow through with it, but okay. No, but he would say that. Yeah, but he would definitely say that. Uh, What would season two, Brian, tell season one, Brian? You should have opened up sooner than you did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think that's, I mean, people may not agree with that, but I think that's what Brian would say. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. And it's like, hey, you're going to spend a whole lot of time fighting this dude, but this is already a done deal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this has already happened. You're already screwed. Just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, and and you maybe not been, the way you normally like. Right. But. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you lost this battle a long time ago, dude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, Aaron, again, thank you so thank much. You. Uh, this is a lot of fun for me. Um, I spent a whole lot of time thinking about these characters <laughs> and talking about them. So this is a lot of fun for me. I appreciate you coming on with me to do that. Well, thank you. I I love it. Like I said, I mean, he is one of my all-time favorite characters. So any excuse to talk about him, and this is my all-time favorite show. So yeah, any excuse <laughs> to talk about it is, is a blast for me. So thank you again for having me on. And I can't wait for season three. And then I can't wait for season four is the one I'm most yeah. excited about. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to get there. Yeah, I know. If we'll, we will be there soon enough. Uh, okay, well, tell everyone where they can find you. Well, you can find my podcast. It's a fandom thing. And we have talked about Queer's Folk twice. We talked about Queer's Folk this year, and we talked about Queer's Folk last year. And this year, Ken and Ishelle were on that episode. Ken wasn't on there the whole time because of spoilers, but <laughs> but Ishelle is on there. But you can find my podcast on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that you can like my show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. And on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. So thank you again for having me on though. This has been a lot of fun. Of course. I always love um, having you on. I love being on your, your show also. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you. I love All having right. you on. <laughs> All right, diners. Well, there you have it. Brian Kenny 201. <laughs> I've renamed <laughs> this episode 20 times. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, And so until the end of season three, uh, yeah, we'll just jump back into regular episodes. Thanks, guys.